Assalamualaikum, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Mrs. Parking Lot. On today's episode, I'm joined by two wonderful guests. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but on today's episode, we're going to be talking about all about sustainability and um, particularly sustainability in like the fast fashion industry, our thoughts on it, and yeah, so much more. But I'm going to let Emel and Ala introduce themselves. Emel, you could go ahead. Perfect. So hello, everyone. My name is Emel or Amel, whichever one you prefer. I'm going to my fourth year of medical sciences at Western, and I'm so glad to be back, but I don't know why they keep inviting me for fashion episodes as if I know not like anything about fashion, but um, I'm honored to be back. So your mic quality is really good, by the way. <laughs> okay, so I'm Ella. I'm going to my fourth year in cognitive systems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I have my own podcast back from Fledge. You can listen to that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Okay, so basically the entire reason I'm ha- we're filming this episode today is because I was venting to my sister about how um I have an unpopular opinion about fashion and beauty bloggers. <laughs> but, but I was just basically talking about how, you know, the whole um, fashion and beauty industry is very, very unsustainable. Um, and I just hate how they try and market sustainability, but then it's actually not sustainable at all. And then coincidentally, I literally watch Ala's story and she's like going off about the same thing. And I literally start messaging her and she starts sending me voice notes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, yo, we should get all get together and film an episode. And I know Emma's very passionate about this as well. <laughs> And so I guess, I don't know, like to get started, how has your experience like being like on social media affected your perception of sustainability? Because I know my perception of sustainability has like shifted immensely, like as I've grown older and done my own research versus relying on only what I see on social media. Come on, y'all. No one rush. <laughs> Fine, Ayla, I'm going to put you on the spot know if social media has really impacted me that much though because like from based on my household it's always been only consumed within your means so those shopping hauls that are like typically seen done by youtubers or like normal tiktokers now like it's a really easy way to get views like saying the amount of money you've spent on a haul and then showcasing it but Obviously, I can't consume outside of my means. And I think that's basically just been my rule of thumb. Like, stop, like, don't overconsume. Um, so most of the YouTube, I really don't believe <laughs> influencers when they try to push sustainability, especially now, because it's mostly a trend or unless it's, unless it's been that influencers purpose kind of since they created their account, then I find their sponsors or whatever they're pushing to be more believable rather than it being a trend because what you really want to do to be sustainable is have it ingrained as a lifestyle instead of something that's just I don't know buying something because it's ethical or whatever for the meantime that's what I think I think for me I'm in the same boat um but the reality is is for me as someone who's not on social media (laughs) (laughs) and who just doesn't use it and who's a complete ghost on social media. Um, I speak in terms of just what I've seen in terms of the switch of how people approach political discourse and how people approach talking about these important topics. 
And I love that everyone is talking about this. I love that we're having conversations, but at the same time, I now more than ever think it's all performative activism. If you do not post something, it's because you will get canceled or you, oh, you're not an ally or you're not this or you're not that. And the reality is, is I think we're now shifting more towards you have to talk about it, even if you don't know so much about it. And you just have to put something out there. You do not have to do the research on your own. You just have to repost, uh, retweet, click. (laughs) I don't know. But like, you have to do that in order to make sure that you as a social media influencer or as a creator stay afloat in the world of constant political discourse and constant talk about climate change and sustainability. That's what I think. Yeah, especially you can tell what is performative activism depending on the posts that they share. Like it's been really common where they take serious like political issues or phrases and they'll put them in like a meme format and I guess it's supposed to be more accessible in that sense but honestly to me you're just watering down the issue you're just posting it exactly to like for performative activism so be conscious of what you post as well like also when it comes to the talk about sustainable fashion I've seen recently there's a big push for thrift stores right and while I do understand I guess like the positivity of it I think the way it's going about it again it's not very sustainable at all because first of all I worked at a thrift store this summer and I tell you our items went from like good material items that you can like you know that you can pass on to the next generation and they can wear it and you can it's, it's still go it's being used to items that people buy from sheen wear once or twice and then they sell it to the store someone else buys it wears it once or twice and then it's but it's not sustainable in the sense that it's only trendy for now people are only going to buy it now and then we even have items that were like trendy two months ago no one is buying it anymore so like these thrift stores are filled with like these trendy sheen pieces and I'm picking on sheen right now because they're everywhere um and it's all still going to the waste it's still the material is still harmful to the society to society it's still being produced in these horrible manners and with like if we're talking about Uyghur Muslims like it is enslavement and genocide so it's like you can go on and on but it's overall it's not a sustainable system I find even like the obsession with sustainable fashion is a trend it's going to end soon enough um one time Emma and I were actually having a conversation about how thrift stores have become a trend um when we were kids thrift stores were not a trend and you wouldn't want to be caught dead in a thrift store right but now they're a trend and people are like, hey, I'm buying clothes from a thrift store, so it's sustainable. But at the end of the day, overconsumption is overconsumption. If you're buying stuff you don't need, you're it's not sustainable. And so, and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the thing is, the people, thrift stores originally came to be, at least from my understanding, to make sure that everyone could afford the clothes like that they needed so now when you have people who can afford to buy these things but just for a trend they're buying it from a thrift store or those videos um on tiktok that are very trendy i found this at a thrift store and then i like styled it this way or like sewed it this way to like make it trendy or whatever to make it into a new piece they're just doing it because so they can say oh i bought this from a thrift store and the people who actually can't afford to buy these pieces now actually don't have the clothes that they need yeah, exactly. I was just going to mention once you brought up the point about thrift stores, because it was actually for, like, also from what I know, it was for mostly people who couldn't afford 
proper fashion stores. So there's actually an issue where because people are over consuming from those thrift stores and just doing those big hauls, people are who used to buy, who can only actually afford to buy from thrift stores have nowhere to, they, there are no clothes. They're getting, they're getting emptied out. So that's and also making, the- And the overconsumption is making thrift stores up their prices. Yeah. Defeating the whole purpose. Yeah, like accessibility is always left out when we talk about like um, sustainability, but that's what you're doing when you overconsume, making things less accessible for others. Emel, do you want to say something? You look like you have something. <laughs> I think my favorite videos have to be the ones that are on like TikTok or whatever, Instagram Reels, whatever it's called, um, where it's like obviously an influencer who, you know, makes a significant amount of money off the internet or their career or whatever they're doing. And they're like, here are my thrift store finds. And then this is how I styled them. And then the style has like the one vintage jacket from the thrift store and then a Prada purse. And then, you know, Prada heels, uh, Louis Vuitton. And it's like, like <laughs> the contrast in that, like, don't get me wrong. It's always important to show off thrift stores and affordable finds and all of that as an influencer to show that money is not problem when it comes to fa I wouldn't know how to wear that but essentially I just find it so ironic when you see these influencers who are wearing these high fashion brands combined with a thrift store item into this one outfit that is the pinnacle of what I think Los Angeles is all about but that's yeah. what my, my statement there I also think it's very much what we call fashion really bugs me or like a fashion sense because I find right now it's very much if you have the trendy items then you're fashionable. But for me, that's not like having a fashion sense. Having a fashion sense is the fact that you can make pieces that everyone considers like to be, you know, outdated or whatever, and you can still make it look good or fit your aesthetic or whatever it is. So when people are like, oh yeah, that person is so fashionable, but no, they're only seen that way because they keep on buying all the trendy items and they wear it all the time. So I, like that really bothers me because I'm like, I think people forget what, fashion is um and they've just taken it to again this cap capitalistic like consumerism like world where we're just like okay newest pieces trendy pieces whatever is on a magazine right now they have it therefore like they're now equated to being fashionable is it fashion or are they just rich basically yeah. <laughs> okay guys since we're talking about like <clears throat> the effect of influencers I'm going to tell you guys my unpopular opinion and you guys can agree, disagree, give me your thoughts, okay? I think this depends on what type of influencer you are, but I'm talking about the average fashion and beauty blogger, the type that goes, has like makeup hauls, gets insane amounts of PR packages, does these crazy fashion hauls. I'm talking about that specific type of influencer, okay? I think that type of job is not sustainable, like in itself. <laughs> and like listen I know you you everyone has bills to pay I respect that okay you got to do what you got to do but all of these influencers do the same thing where they try and convince you that this um company that they bought this and this from is eco-friendly um this is made out of 100% recycled paper or whatever and I'm just like it doesn't matter it literally doesn't matter if you're buying all of these things that you don't need and you're trying to, your entire freaking Instagram profile is just you ads on ads on ads on ads, trying to convince people to buy things that they don't even need. That isn't sustainability. It doesn't matter if it's eco-friendly or not. But anyways, I'm going to let you guys talk now. I don't want to go off for too long. 
<laughs> what do you think, Ella? I agree with that, but sometimes I think I think like you what you said, the influencer job is like intrinsically not sustainable unless you're like I don't know unless you're conscious from the start and learn to turn down certain giveaways but I also know I was watching this youtuber and she was talking about the sustainability thing um thing <laughs> the sustainability <laughs> movement and she was like there's and she was talking about that how a lot of influencers are receiving packages but some of them in their contract they literally can't give it out to their followers because they're like obliged to keep it for themselves unless they arrange to have a giveaway so I think in that aspect, I can kind of sympathize with them, or I guess I get what, where they're coming from. But I agree with you, though. I don't really think them. Honestly, I don't even believe those influencers. Like I don't believe them when they're trying to push a project to me because they're obviously paid and like more, like asked to do this, and they're always getting paid posts. Why am I supposed to believe you when you're just a walking ad? Just you know. And I, that's also bad for their own reputation. I feel like they should learn to turn down um, products, not just for sustainability, but also for their job. I but I don't know. It's basically humanized billboards, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. At least that's what it seems like to me. And the other thing is, it doesn't matter what type of influencer you are. I think intrinsically, it's a short career, right? Like you, of course you were going to, It when I say short career, I mean, it can't, be your primary career for the, like your whole life um you your career might even last 10 years you're going to have a peak you'll do great but that eventually you will fall off because there's always new people who are coming and the thing is intern as you get older you start caring less about influencers so when the and the newer generation that's coming up they're not going to look up to you who's like 10 years older than them they're going to look up to another influencer who's within their age category so eventually i apologize for my voice i've been talking all day so it's, um but intrinsically it's going to fade like your career is going to fade out so i'm like i can understand it if it's a like a side hustle for someone but anyone who tries to say like that's their career like who they are is an influencer I automatically trust them like 50% less. I'm just like, no. Okay, guys, this is kind of off topic, but this was the one thing that triggered the initial conversation I was having with my sister. Um, I was watching this uh, lady's story and she's like a skincare guru, right? And she's all about like clean skincare, eco-friendly type of, you know, no animal testing type. And one of her stories, she was like, guys, here's a face mask for your smile lines what sis why <laughs> like you literally it's like a face mask you just like put it like right here and I'm like are you seriously trying to sell this to your followers right now whoever looks at someone's face <laughs> and is like you know what would be perfect <laughs> a mask for your smile lines and like that's another thing about like sustainability is like why are why is the beauty like the beauty industry is inventing all of these things and tells that we need to buy all of these things but we actually don't need them but yeah honestly I don't even know if it's the beauty industry though or people amongst themselves like like just turning against themselves like I've seen that a lot on TikTok where they're like and I feel really bad for young kids on social media right now especially if you're on TikTok because every other day there's like a new insecurity like I forgot there was something going on about people's legs like people were supposed to be insecure, like something about their legs, I really don't know. And I was like, 
who why are you pointing out things that people that isn't even like something that people notice and making it an insecurity and then people obviously create products for that because they, I don't think they would create a product if there wasn't a demand for it I don't like I don't know I'm not a business yeah, but, like what I mean is like the industry feeds off of people's insecurity yeah period yeah I agree with you on like the industry feeding off people's insecurity I don't think this is very much like a now like social media phenomenon because it was happening yeah. when we were kids right like I never knew again the talking about like smiling and like laughing lines I never knew that was a thing you should be conscious about but I you remember like I was like 10 or 11 and like at that time you know the magazines whenever you go to the store like the tabloids day 14 or whatever seven, <laughs> like, a bunch of them but like they would have it on the cover being like this is for your laugh line and, the, and it was all marketed towards teenage girls so I feel like it's just the method has changed on how yeah. we're about it but like this is not a new phenomenon it's been going on for centuries honestly though I think social media has just made it more accessible though because you could sort of kind of avoid it before but you can't do that now at least if you you on social media and using that Emil do you have anything to say I was gonna say it I'm gonna approach it from a different perspective I think the reality is is so a while back Forbes, basically, they published this article that essentially, I don't know if anyone keeps up with Forbes, but Forbes <laughs> published an article where they said that the role of the marketer has completely changed. It's evolved and it continues to evolve. So the way it works is, especially in relation like to the sustainability communications, is that the marketer now has to do two different things. You have to, one, keep up with your regular campaigning, but now, number two, keep up with social media, which is now when you see it, like you scroll through TikTok, you end up in the comments and you find some weird brand responding and then they're making jokes. And, and the goal now, right, is you have to humanize these corporations, almost put a face behind that corporation. And it happens in so many different ways. So you think, and you associate this huge multi-million dollar, billion dollar company with a person, a person who has the same values as you, a person who has uh, this, this greater good, this ethical responsibility, and all of that because they have a social media account, because social media is for other people. So it's so funny to me because I don't think people realize that that's what they're doing is now they're, when you think of social media, you're going to say, oh, hey, did you see the Wendy's Twitter account? Or, oh, hey, did you see this? Or did you see that? You're talking about it more because you're seeing it more, even though it's not on a billboard or it's not on a, uh, a YouTube ad or anything along those lines. You see it every single day. And that's crazy to me, like insane. But an example of that for me I have two examples in mind. One is like when we're talking about sustainable fashion is Sheen, right? Like Sheen itself, you don't see advertisements for it, but there's so many people talking about it that it's not exactly what you're talking about, but it's become very much like, oh, if you want, even from, especially if we're talking about the Muslim fashion space, if you want affordable, well, it is affordable clothing that is still modest, it's the place to go. Because everywhere else where you got modest clothes, you'll find like a full sleeve long like maxi dress for nowhere below $60. And you can go on Sheen and you can get it for $12. It, it, like that humanizes a, a section of Sheen where it's like, oh, they care about my values. 
because they have this great range of products so therefore I should support them and you forget about all the human rights abuses and like everything else but on the and this is completely unrelated but I just have to mention it. um well you were talking about like humanizing accounts so do you guys know Ryanair it's a flight like airline and it operates mainly in Europe and it has super cheap like flights and I'm doing advertisement for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryanair, please hire us, uh, sponsor us. But they have a TikTok account that I follow and everyone, I, like a lot of people I know follow because that's what they do. Their whole TikTok account is probably run by like some 20 year old like intern who, and they, they hop on every single trend. They have video responses to everything. And so many people, like the Ryanair sales have soared in the past like three months. And it's all because of their Twitter because people think it's so funny, the responses and Viddy. And I'm like, this, like, because people now have started associating emotions with Ryanair. Speaking of Sheen and just fast fashion in general, um, I know Alat has things to say about this, but um, everybody, like everybody gives, you know, says that fast fashion is, you know, not sustainable. And um, yeah, like when you go on the internet, everyone's just talking about how much fast fashion sucks. And we were doing the same earlier this episode. But um, Alat, the other day, she brought up a really important point on her story. Alat, do you want to talk about that? I remember it. (laughs) I was, okay, go ahead. Oh. But basically the point was, first of all, I think Shein gets a lot of the attention in terms of fast fashion. Um, I'm not too sure why, maybe it's because of what you were talking about before, Michelle, but Shein isn't the only fast fashion um, store. Like there are a lot more, but I think we only shifted our focus to Shein. But personally, fast fashion, okay, it is like intrinsically bad. But what you were saying before, Michelle, in terms of, accessibility for like modest fashion sometimes that's the only thing that people can afford and even and um that's all they can do at that time it's still like I think it's honestly okay if that's all you can afford like you shouldn't be shamed for buying fast fashion what you should be shamed for or where our attention should go towards is people who overconsume. so those who are doing like $800 sheen hauls they're the ones who deserve the hate, not the average person who just got a top from Shein because that's it, you know? And also it's about like something you can buy. I have honestly, majority of my closet is fast fashion, but how often do you go shopping for clothes and how long do those pieces stay in your closet? Those are all factors as well. I can't afford to buy like things that are ethically um, sourced. I'd love to, but I just can't. But what I can do is buy on occasion or very rarely within the year and just keep repeat those pieces. And I think that's sustainable. Yeah, I agree with you so much. I feel like, you know, when we talk about what is the solution to fast fashion, I think as individuals, as much as we would like to, we can't stop it, right? Like we can't stop this. We would need big high level like laws and policies to change in order to stop it and let's be honest that's not going to happen yeah we live in a cap like it's not going to happen um so what we can do like you mentioned is just be careful of how much are we buying and again I think it's very one thing my mom always taught me is like when you're when you want something right think about 
will I wear this even in two years? And if, and if you only want it for like one specific occasion and you can't think of another place you're going to wear this, then maybe you shouldn't be buying that item. Mm-hmm. Michelle, why are you calling me out? Okay, like, <laughs> sometimes you want to spoil yourself. <laughs> but also bringing it back to Islam as well, there's a lot about like there, there I'm not going to directly quote a hadith because nothing's in my mind, but there are hadiths about consume like only consuming what you need and do not do things in excess. And that doesn't just go for fashion. It's supposed to be um, a habit that's ingrained in your lifestyle. So that's also part of being sustainable long term instead of just for a trend. And that's, and I think that's like, it ties into like modest fashion as well. Like modest fashion is like super trendy now. And you have like all of these crazy, like um, modest fashion hauls and stuff like that. But like as Muslims, again, like you said, we should keep in mind that, yeah, these are trends. These are things that would get you views and follows and likes, but should you really be engaging in in that type of, you know, overconsumption? But yeah. Emil, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I was going to add, because the question was, is fast fashion bad? Yes, fast fashion is bad. I'm talking 8 to 10% of our total like global carbon emissions. So I will always advocate that fast fashion is bad. But, you know, and I also will add, because I, I read this, I was like Googling statistics. I was like, okay, okay. So it says that you have, okay, 10% of your global carbon emissions are due to fast fashion. And 85% of t- all of those textiles go to the dumps each year. So you're talking 10% of your global carbon emissions and 85% of that gets tossed out, thrown in the trash. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I think fast fashion is okay. It's great. It should, you know what? I'm not, I'm genuinely will not do that because I'm not going to sit down and just blame like the one teenage girl who's shopping on Shein because that's all she can afford right now and she needs back to school clothes. I'm not going to sit down and do that. But what I will do is blame the influencers who are advocating for $900 Shein hauls because it's summertime and they need a new wardrobe. I will also yell at people who don't believe in climate change. I will also yell at policymakers, uh, governments, corporations, and I will continue to scream at them until changes are made. Because the reality is we're headed towards one of the worst climate change crises, crises, who knows, crisis of our (laughs) lifetime. And I'm talking, if we don't see change, if we don't make the effort, whether that means you are shopping Zara, H&M, that's fine. Shop, reduce it, drop it down a little. You don't need to be shopping. You don't need to treat yourself. (laughs) I call you Blonda, sorry. (laughs) Randa. Um, but you don't need to treat yourself all the time because the reality is it's life is getting, oh, I don't want to say life is getting worse because it sounds so negative, but at the same time, if we don't make the changes and if we don't advocate for all of these things that are going, that are wrong, we won't see changes and we will continue to head down the same path we have been going down for years. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, no, go ahead. Okay, just super quick. I was also going to say, like, a lot of times um, I have conversations with people about, like, climate change and how, like, as individuals, we can try to do better. And then people always say things like, oh, but, like, it's mainly the big corporations that are at fault. And I'm like, but you're the consumer that these corporations are selling to. So if you stop over consuming, you will, you, you will contribute to change. And so, yeah, like, I just hate this whole, like, shifting the blame just to corporations. Like, no, you as an individual, you have a job. 
you have responsibility and you can't be shifting the blame but for me oh, sorry, Michelle, I always, yeah. no, no, go ahead. no 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 go for it <laughs> I, just say, I always believe 50% of the responsibility is monitoring your own behavior um for example reducing your consumption but 50% of your responsibility is also advocating and voting voting and propping up the policies and the because the thing is like we talked about um, previously a lot of this stuff is happening on a very high level like these big companies these regulations that we as individuals cannot control but we always like to like say that and so we don't have to feel guilty about it but technically the reality is we can control it we just have to make sure our government and our representatives know that that's what we want and we don't do that we talk about it on social media all the time or even us right now we're talking about it on a podcast but how many of us are afterwards going to go out and do the first of all do the research to figure out which candidates and like for example in Canada we have an election happening on September 20th right how many of us are actually going to do the research to figure out which parties in Canada actually have policies that would help us and if they don't how many of us are going to write to our MPs to tell them that that's what we want and then how many of us are actually going to go and vote for the things we say we want because I find that level is it's not happening that like that response does not happen and a lot of people just like to shit, forget about their responsibility in that sense yeah it, it was reminding me of that really popular phrase on social media now there's no ethical consumption under capitalism so who like why should it matter or whatever but your individual choices first of all can make you feel empowered you do have control maybe you can't control that much with outside of your sphere except I don't know for voting or volunteering or things like that but what you can't control is what you consume there are actually I'm forgetting the apps but there are apps where you can like track how much you're consuming and it'll tell you like how green you are or whether whether you're in excess or whether you're below the average. So if you really do care and if you wanna know what you can do to change, there are so many things that you can do. Don't just sit there and complain. I really hate that. <laughs> and instead of, one time I was reading this thing and I really like this. Someone was like, instead of whenever you're you know buying stuff, whether it's clothes or whatever it is, instead of asking yourself, is it sustainable or is it green? Just literally ask yourself, do I need it? Yeah, exactly. That's a much better question if you actually care about sustainability than going out of your way to buy things that are green. Mm-hmm. I think also on the topic of sustainability and how corporations advertise sustainability, uh, there's also greenwashing. And I speak about this in terms of the H&M Conscious Collection Initiative. Ooh, that one just really, really gets me going because the reality is so many brands now, like I mentioned before, are doing this new thing where they advertise something as being sustainable, leave it like that for a couple of years. And then until another organization comes and says, hey, what's up with that? Give me more information. So the way it worked with the H&M Conscious Collection, this went unnoticed for years. And it wasn't until Norway, they have like this, what is it? It's called the Norwegian Consumer Authority. Okay, they have this literal thing that looks at all these different organizations and what they're putting out. So H&M put up the H&M Conscious Collection. They said, all of our materials will now be created from recycled cotton, organic materials, tensile, everything natural, everything sustainable. And everyone was like, yay, H&M, great, good for you. Um, Until the Norwegian Consumer Authority, whatever they're called, went and said, hold up. What does that mean? 
tell me what that fabric is made out of. What percent fabric is actually recycled, is actually sustainable? And it, I'm telling you, if you looked at the H&M Conscious Collection tags, green, brown, neutrals, recycled on it, they advertised the heck out of that. And they really ran with it until they went and they got blasted and said, oh yeah, by the way, it's not 100% sustainable. Our products, we aim for at least 50%. So if you check the website now, they have that information up around 50%. Don't get me wrong. That's still okay. We're headed in like a a right step because now we at least have a little bit of those recycled materials, but still it's that same thing that now you cannot just merely look for a green label or look to see if something has sustainable written in it. You need to do your own research and it's best obviously to look at it and ask yourself, do I really need this? Because I think now more than ever, especially with the rise of social media, Yes, I believe in self-help days. Yes, I believe in treat yourself, but I also believe in doing things for the common good and realizing, do I actually need it or am I just a consumer? And the other thing I would like to mention is when it comes to sustainable pieces, and I'm going to bring it back to ethical pieces as well, pieces that are ethically sourced, of course, that is going to cost more because you're paying people a living wage and you're abiding by all the human rights that actually cost money to like implement so i always say if you can't afford it like that's a completely different scenario but i find there's a lot of people who can definitely afford it they just don't want to um so there i feel like that's a hypocrisy right like you have to sit there and think if you truly do care about being sustainable and being like uh, making sure that you want to have ethically sourced materials, then you have to realize that that, of course, is going to cost you a little more until that becomes the norm. Then, you know, it'll regulate out a little bit. But right now, when most places are like getting stuff made in 30 cents, that person is getting like, they're paying for someone to have a living wage with those. And those, of course, materials are also going to cost more because you're buying them in a smaller quantity. So all of that, impacts the rate you have but if you can afford it you have to actually look at it and not as I find you know when we're students like it doesn't matter what kind of like your affordability is you're always like oh I'm a student I can't afford it but the reality is a lot of us can actually depending on like what your situation is we could afford it it's just we don't want to so you have to look at your priorities if you can't that's totally fine I'm not saying that everyone should be paying these prices but I'm saying if you want to go out and you know, berate other people for not being um, sustainable or eco-friendly and so on. You have to look at your own choices and realize, am I willing to put my money where my mouth is? And that's the thesis. (laughs) I'm trying to think. There was one time, um, okay, so this is probably like maybe a year or two ago, and I was, um, I guess this has a lot to do with also, like sometimes people have um talents or hobbies and then they try to monetize off of them um that's also an issue for sustainability um I remember two years ago or was it a year I think it was a year ago I was super into designing hoodies okay that was just I just really liked it and I wasn't selling any of them (laughs) like I just had the designs and they were there and then um I was just like you know what I'm going to design these hoodies and I'm going to start selling them, but I'm not going to keep any of the profits. Like I'll donate them to a cause. But then when I actually looked at where my hoodies would be sourced from, and if I had like actually really thought about it and like the economic, uh, the, like the environmental impact of like making the hoodies and the dyes that are used in the hoodies. And I was like, imagine I sell these hoodies 
and I take the money and donate it to a cause, but making the hoodies itself is like not it's not sustainable like it's ruining another cause does that make any sense and like I don't even know and like I didn't even look into like any of the ethical like the ethical like I'm pretty sure these hoodies are make like being made in some like you know and people are like not getting treated well or paid well or anything like that and so that's also another thing to think about I feel like everyone and their mom now especially in social media is trying to monetize off of you know their hobbies or their talents or whatever try to make that sustainable as well don't just you know just be mindful it all comes back we talked about this in another episode where um we said right now it's very much that if you don't spend every waking moment and every talent that you have towards like contributing to your end goal which is usually a career um and you know building finances and like building wealth for yourself then it's like, oh, you're wasting your life. We, we're not, we no longer are allowed to do things for fun or for relaxation. Um, so it kind of, it's going back to that. And then it ties into the whole over, over consumption thing. Because again, everyone is trying to monetize everything. And when, and it's a reality, when you see more things, you think you want them. So it, today I saw an ad for a little fan you can put around your neck and it looks like air into your hijab. And I thought it was so stupid, but then I kept on seeing the ad. And by the end of the day, I was thinking maybe I should order it. And I caught myself thinking, you don't need this. Cause let's be real. I know I'm go- like right now because of my work, I'm going out every day, but in a normal year, I don't go out. I don't like <laughs> Canada. Like the winter is brutal here. Yeah, so. Like summer is only a month. And even in that month, I know myself and I know like I'm only spending time outside right now because of my work requirement. I won't do that. So it's the whole thing. You catch yourself in these traps of thinking you need stuff that you don't need. It happens all the time. Anyways, do you guys have any other thoughts? Cause I'm like, that's, that's like pretty much it from my end, but do you guys have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to talk about? I think all I wanted to add was like adding onto the phrase that you said, uh, Randa, like, like before you buy something think like do I really need this because you do have to like even though I'm not going to obviously fast fashion is bad but I'm never going to shame someone if that's all they can do but also is it really all that you can do plus like in terms of what's being harmed along the way I I it reminds me of like this is echoed a lot in the Quran but every living thing is in an act of worship so are you really going to like ignore like bypass all of that just because of your wants or something that's like for a fleeting wish like are you really going to ignore that aspect so I think just there's just some thoughts you know it also prevents you from being impulsive as well if you're really just trying to be conscious of every act that you do which um unfortunately like capitalism doesn't really encourage that and that's really what this all is like all of this is a disease of capitalism what can we do as individuals like with our own personal choices and that even goes back to monetizing hobbies like just learn to be like as you are like still as you are and then that way you can learn to be more conscious of your actions and your thoughts and that way things become less impulsive you also become less influenced by what you're seeing on social media so I'm not there yet I'm honestly not perfect but this is what I'm trying to do (laughs) And I also want to add from Islamic perspective. Uh, so in Surah Al-Isra, um, I think it's verse 26 to 27. And it says, 
but spend not wastefully your wealth in the manner of spendthrift. Verily, spendthrifts are brothers of the shaitan, and the shaitan is ever ungrateful to his Lord. Um, and for me, that's something I've always grown up like hearing, and it really hits home because there's so many things that we are spending money on that we don't need. And we often think about it in a very like worldly manner, but this is actually, we are going to be accountable for all of this. So I'm not saying don't treat yourself, of course, but be mindful of how much money you're spending and where you're spending it. And is it, and the, and the thing I have to say is this, my, this is my hot take on it. Um, I find that when you're spending a lot of money on fashionable pieces or fashion, I find it takes me away from religion and from what Allah subhanahu wa has like ordered for us and modesty, because the reality is what's trendy or what you want to spend your money on is stuff that is not very modest or that doesn't comply with the rules that Allah subhanahu wa has set out for us. And the more I spend, the more I think, oh, I'll buy this, but I'll style it in a way. For example, like my thought always goes back to those like corset tops. Like I, I have been guilty of thinking, oh, I'll buy it and then I'll just wear a shirt underneath it and it's fine, but it's still showing my body. It's still like emphasizing the area that I want to cover. It's still doing all of that. But the more you keep on spending, the further and further you keep on going. And I think like there are reasons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to be careful about anything in excess, like anything at all. So even like worship, like if you're, if that's all you're doing 24 seven, then that means that you're not actually applying what you're learning. So anything in access is bad yeah there's actually a hadith oh sorry Emma did you want to talk oh no go ahead please. okay there's actually a hadith where um someone was in <laughs> I'm gonna butcher it I'm gonna pay, paraphrase it but there was someone who was in worship in the mosque 24 7 and the prophet found um found him doing that and he was asking him like if he's been home and things like that and then the guy said no that he wanted to be in a constant state of worship and the prophet, a peace be upon him, told him that, you know, your wife has a right over you, your children have a right over you, your guests have a right over you. So you can't just be, um, you can't do excessive worship. And also, I wanted to add on to what you said about treating yourself. You also have to look back at that phrase because the way we've been saying it recently online is more so, again, influenced by capitalism. And the recent trend of self-care is really superficial it is just treating yourself with like um I don't know like one-off items but that's not really getting to the root of the issue like if you are feeling down if you are feeling stressed or if you're feeling burnt out that's not going to end with you just taking like one day off truly like get to the root of the problem you buying things is just deluding yourself honestly doesn't mean you can't but be conscious basically Honestly, I think it's exactly that. Um, <laughs> throughout quarantine, I think I, I got very much into the treat yourself mentality to the point where it was like, I would end up on different websites for crazy things. And at the end of the month, when you get that credit card statement, you're looking at it like, I'm sorry, who is this? Um, but it's just that it's always that continuous loop of, you know what, you, I'm going to say this, but like YOLO, like you'd be like, <laughs> you know, I want to treat myself. Like I want this, I want this now. So let me just get it. And I know I'll be happy when I get it. But the reality is, is you're really not going to be that happy when you get it, whether it's like a little stuffed teddy bear or like a new candle or anything along those lines. Like you have to really get down to the root of the problem. And I think there's one hadith that's really the best way to put it is just, there's a reward for every, you know, living being that you serve. 
So if you want to think it in terms of treat yourself, the next time you decide to close Shein or you decide to close the website you're about to make an order off of, think of the fact that you're going to be saving a number of different people working in horrible conditions in sweatshops, a number of different animals from going extinct. You're saving yourself from years of awful air quality, from carbon emissions, and ensuring that maybe one day, inshallah, you might see your kids, you might see your grandparents still continuing to stay happy, live together, all of that. I know we've all mentioned um, that in the Quran, it tells us to spend within our needs and our means. Um, for anyone who's looking for like the reference for that, it's Surah Bakra, uh, Ayah 219. Just wanted to put that out there if anyone wants to verify that for themselves. Oh, Misha was talking, oh, wait, Misha, you were talking about, like, following trends and stuff like that, and how that, like, kind of, you felt like it steers you away from, so <laughs> this is something I've heard from my dad ever since I was a kid, and obviously as a teenager, and my dad used to say this to me, I used to get so annoyed, because I'm just like, why are you so dramatic? It's literally not that serious, but. <laughs> it's not but... that deep, Baba. <laughs> Yeah, um, but a lot of times I'd be like Baba I want to buy this or that or the other thing and he's like you don't need it though or like why are you you're gonna buy it and in two days you're gonna be like why did I even get this and I'm just like okay but Baba everyone is doing it or everyone is getting it and you know what he used to hit me with he was like if you open the Quran anything that has to do with the majority is usually has a negative connotation it's always the majority of them don't know you know again the majority of them are just like ignorant the majority of them are you know at loss so he's like don't follow the majority just because the majority feel makes you feel like something is okay actually make independent decisions because that's the thing that's going to keep you in line with your faith the most um and so yeah now I actually think about that when I'm making decisions in my life. <laughs> it, it's weird that all these things our parents kind of told us when we were growing up, we kind of like brushed it off as them just being dramatic <laughs> or, you know, like making things bigger than they are. And then the more you grow up, I find like I look back on things my parents have told me and I realize like the wisdom behind it. Or the things you hear about like growing up in terms of like things in the Quran, like, I don't know, I feel like when you're a kid, you kind of brush it off as, oh, it's like, like you think it's exaggeration or it's, it's it, or it doesn't apply to your life. You think you're the exception. And then you grow up and you realize, no, all of these things are very true. And they, and you start appreciating and seeing how it all impacts your life. And I just think that one of like, the wonders of growing up it's one of the things I enjoy that it all kind of like the puzzle pieces start fitting together and you start appreciating all of it any concluding thoughts this ended off on a very wholesome note you know <laughs> <laughs> not us in the beginning bashing you know <laughs> <laughs> all right um, I guess that's all we have for today. Um, thank you, Emel and Ala, for joining us again. Ala also has a podcast. I'm going to link everything in our bio. Another bio or description. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad at this. It's all good. But anyways, on this episode, we talked about, you know, sustainability and fast fashion um, and overconsumption and our um, responsibility as individuals living in the society and what trying to save the planet because climate change is real. Um, and if you don't, believe in climate change kindly unsubscribe i'm joking we're gonna cut that out we're cutting that no include it please include i think it. you should keep no, it keep it 
Fuck me. I'll tell you story after we're done. Okay. But anyways, um, I hope you guys learned something new. I hope you guys start, you know, making conscious decisions in your life. Um, and do your research. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of things, but still do your own research, form your own opinions. And yeah, we will see you in two weeks. Sam. <laughs> Come on, guys, cover your camera. Oh, we have to cover it. Oh, I was like, okay, when's this gonna end? Oh, <laughs> okay, we're done. Yay.